0: In connection with the question what do we know about limitations imposed upon the exercise of God's loving kindness and mercy from the Bible we were discussing our fourth major consideration namely that the rebelliousness of true Christians can impose a limitation upon the continued exercise of God's loving kindness and mercy toward them God was limited in the exercise of his mercy First of all, because sinners would not repent of their sins because they would not humble themselves before God. And God is also limited in the further exercise of His mercy and loving kindness if we who have become Christians and have been thoroughly converted to Christ refuse to continue in that state of humiliation into which we entered by the grace of God. The Spirit of God, as we have seen, is taking measures with every true Christian to keep him in a state of tenderness and submission before God. But nevertheless, the will can assert itself to refuse to respond to the kind pleadings and kind chastisements of the Holy Spirit. And thus we see the great responsibility on the part of Christians to maintain that state of happy submission in order that God may not be limited in the exercise of his kindness and mercy toward us. We were in process of reading a number of scriptures on this subject, and we now come to 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 25 to 7, where the Apostle Paul is asserting a purpose of his own life. And every man that striveth for the masteries is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, so fight I, not as one that beateth the air. And here is the rule of his life, which all of us will do well to take. But I keep under my body... And bring it into subjection or keep bringing it into subjection lest that by any means when I have preached to others I myself should be a castaway or I myself should be rejected or reprobated so here we see that the Apostle Paul recognized the fact that the grace of God was resistible and that therefore it was his responsibility to continue in a submissive state toward his great and loving Master. And why shouldn't he? How happy is the course of happy and thorough submission to God! As we come to the book of Hebrews, we have already read chapter 3, verses 12 to 15, and now we look at chapter 5, verse 9. And being made perfect, referring to the Lord Jesus Christ as he suffered for the sins of the whole world. He became the author of eternal salvation to all them that are obeying him or as the text reads that obey him here we have a present tense so if the true Christians of the Lord are to remain in the glorious reception of God's tender mercy they must continue in that state of happy submission to their great Lord and master in the sixth chapter of Hebrews we read of a very tragic fact that can happen to the true Christian. Verses 4 to 6, For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened, and have tasted of the heavenly gift, and were made partakers of the Holy Ghost, and have tasted the good word of God, and the powers of the world to come, if they shall fall away, to renew them again unto repentance seeing they crucified to themselves the son of God afresh and put him to an open shame here we notice the wonderful descriptions of the folk who are referred to in this passage we read that they were enlightened that the glorious truth of God was made real to them we read that they tasted of the heavenly gift and were made partakers of the Holy Ghost What a wonderful experience was theirs in salvation. And further, that they tasted the good word of God. They enjoyed the pathway of the walk with God and also the powers of the world to come. They were made conscious of the living dynamic of the great God. Now it says, if they shall fall away, and here we have a very climactic expression which cannot be repeated. This passage does not refer to backsliding Christians. It refers to those who have continued in their state of rebellion toward the Lord until that time came when God could no longer tolerate their resistance. And the reason given is that they would crucify to themselves a son of God afresh and put him to an open shame. In other words, for God to exercise The abounding kindness of His mercy to them when they have persistently trampled upon the gracious provisions of the chastisement of the Holy Spirit of God would be a crime against God's moral government. And thus it is stated the danger of true apostasy. So we need to keep ourselves by the grace and mercy of God in happy submission. And then we shall avoid this tragedy of this verse. But further in the 10th chapter of Hebrews, verses 26 to 29. For if we sin willfully, after that we have received the knowledge of the truth. There remaineth no more sacrifice for sins, but a certain fearful looking for of judgment and fiery indignation, which shall devour the adversaries. He that despised Moses' law died without mercy under two or three witnesses. Of how much sorer punishment, suppose ye, shall he be thought worthy, who hath trodden under foot the Son of God, and counted the blood of the covenant, wherewith he was sanctified an unholy thing, and hath done despite unto the Spirit of grace. We notice that the folk addressed in this passage are those who were sanctified. And certainly this is an indication of true and genuine salvation. The tragedy would come upon all who willfully sin after we have received the knowledge of the truth. This is not a slipping away from the light of God's truth. It is a persistent rejection of that light of truth that the Holy Spirit has flashed across our minds, not once nor twice, but many times. And it is only God who can decide when man has so trampled upon his grace that he can no longer afford to be tender and merciful towards such. And rather than the New Testament uh, being a less responsibility than the Old, we notice that it is rather of a greater responsibility. There is a how much sore punishment suppose ye shall he be thought worthy. So the only safe course is to continue in a happy state of submission to god again in the 12th chapter of hebrews verses 14 to 17 we read an admonition referring back to esau follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the lord what an affirmation this is looking diligently lest any Man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled, lest there be any fornicator or profane person as Esau, who for one morsel of meat sold his birthright. For ye know how that afterward, when he would have inherited the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no place of repentance, though he sought it carefully with tears. Here we have it asserted that we are apt to fail of the grace of God if we persistently refuse the light and kindness and chastisement of the Holy Spirit, if we allow a root of bitterness to spring up and we harbor these things, and if we continue in a disrespectful state, even as Esau did in Old Testament times, there is a danger of awful apostasy. We come to 2 Peter chapter 2 and verses 20 to 22. For if after ye have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled therein and overcome, the latter end is worse with them than the beginning. For it had been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than after they have known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them. But it is happened unto them according to the true proverb, The dog is turned to his own vomit again, and the sow that was washed to her wallowing in the mire. We notice that the folk addressed here have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. This word knowledge is a very insistent word. It means a precise and correct knowledge. So every indication here is that true salvation is the portion of those addressed. But there is a danger that we can turn from this state of humiliation before God and require that God must restrain His mercy toward us because of our persistent rebellion against His loving measures. Notice in all these passages that the persistency of will is the thing that renders the matter so serious. It is not a mere drawing away from the kindness of God. It is not a falling into this sin or that sin, but it is a refusal to forsake sin under the light and measures that the Holy Spirit of God brings to our attention. And we come to the third chapter of the book of Revelation where in verses 3 to 5 we read these words, Remember therefore how thou hast received and heard, and hold fast and repent. If therefore thou shalt not watch, I will come on thee as a thief, and thou shalt not know what hour I will come upon thee. Thou hast a few names in Sardis, which have not defiled their garments, and they shall walk with me in white, for they are worthy. He that overcometh the same shall be clothed in white raiment. And I will not blot out his name out of the book of life, but I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. Here we see that Christians must be overcomers if their names are not to be blotted out of the book of life. But more upon this in chapter 22 of Revelation, verses 17 to 19. And the Spirit and the bride say, Come, and let him that heareth say, Come, and let him that is a thirst come, and whosoever will, let him take of the water of life freely. For I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book, if any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. And if any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. Here we have it definitely asserted that folk can so persist in rebellion that God will be required To remove their name from the Book of Life. Surely in the face of these many scriptures and many others that could be cited, it must be evident that a single act of repentance is no guarantee of the perpetual manifestation of the mercy of God. We must not only humble ourselves once before the great God of the heavens, but we must remain in this rightful state of total submission to God if we are to continue to receive His bounty. And why not? Is this requirement optional with God? Would it not be wrong in God to shower us with spiritual blessings if we pervert them to our own pride? God, to be sure, will not be guilty here. May we pray. Our Heavenly Father, we truly respect Thee for not allowing men to trample upon Thy mercies and tender kindnesses. And yet Thou dost invite all to repent of sin, Through faith in Christ, find forgiveness and restoration. We pray that many may do so. In Jesus' name, amen.